Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, I tell you. We got a powerful show. But one thing, I, I want to start this off because this is uh, my first uh, live show. And I tell you, I've been on the air for over, over a year. And um, I got some people in here today that's going to help me tell my story. And But then we're going to get serious and we're going to talk about the topic of today. You know, so uh, first of all, I want to say uh, hello to uh, my co-hosts. Uh, Michelle Cooley. How you doing, Michelle? I am doing great, James. Really excited to be here. And my guest contributor will be coming on later, but uh, his name is Chuck Trenoni. And we got the fabulous Paula Shaw in here today. You know? <laughs> oh, How you doing, Paula? You. How you well, doing? I'm doing really good now, JC. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Love know, that intro. It's, it, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, we, I started this this uh, radio show by being a guest on your show. That's right. And you see how far it has grown and it's uh, the power. I, I call it all God myself, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I never thought that uh, I would be at this point right here. Yeah. And, but uh, I want to personally thank you for giving me an opportunity to come on your show and to, uh, you know, actually, uh, become very fun of doing this, and, uh, and now it's led to five nights a week. I created a Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I also I want to thank uh, Sailor Million, you know, for allowing me to be a member of the family. Yeah. You know, so uh, this is is so fantastic, and I want to I want to thank uh, uh, my listening audience for taking time to. Uh, listen to us tonight and hopefully you do it tomorrow, the next night and the next night, mm-hmm. you know, so, but, uh, I want to get straight to, uh, what, um, I want to talk about. Uh, first of all, uh, listen to the audience, you don't know a whole lot about me. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Uh, first of all, I mean, I, I love God. Uh, secondly, uh, I am a, a husband, a father, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I got four children. My wife Michelle is in here with me, you know, today. <laughs> and and uh, just just want to know a little bit about me. I'm the creator of the J.C. Cooley Foundation, and uh, I just love uh, inspiring folks to reach out and do the best that you can, and just uh, give it a 100 percent in everything you do. I call it dream big, think big, and be big about everything, and. During this time, we're in a situation, circumstances where uh, a lot of people need encouragement and a lot of people are feeling certain things. And we have had uh, much loss over the last um, uh, year or so. I mean, and the the thing about that, when you have a loss like that and it happens to family members, it happened to uh, friends, it's happened to loved ones. 
And a lot of times, you know, when you're trying to condone with somebody, you don't know what to say. You don't, especially in a situation with a death. Uh, we, we don't always know how to handle that or how we can help build someone up. You know, so that's, that's a challenge that, uh, we all have. But guess what? Today, I got someone here that's going to help us understand that a little bit better. I mean, Paula Shaw, she's going to help us understand uh, these things and give us uh, an education uh, that we're where we would know how to deal with people when it comes to this. So, um, first of all, I'm 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 going to ask Michelle to uh, read the discussions uh, on some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Great. Um Saying the right thing when you don't know what to say, even in those difficult conversations, improving our communication skills and learning how to connect more with those around us. Why everyone has difficulty with conversations that deal with the individual's emotional pain, learning how to effectively process our emotions and be there for those who need our support. Consciously stepping out of judgment and shifting into our compassion and our humanity. The four basic communication styles and why it's important to tune into the styles of other people. Three major areas that influence the way we communicate and connect with those around us. The five steps of successful, effective, comforting communication that connects rather than divides. Those are the talking points for today's um, show and today's topic. James? Well, Michelle, uh, can you uh, introduce our our first guest? Yes, it is a pleasure to introduce our first guest, Paula Shaw. Paula Shaw is a life transitions coach and grief specialist. She's also a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and media host on her own show, Change It Up Radio with Paula Shaw on FM 96.1 and AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. For more than 25 years, Paula has been dedicated to helping people navigate the stress of change and challenge using mind-body tools and techniques. She has degrees in education and communications from Long Beach State University, as well as graduate counseling credentials in grief and in addictive disorders from Loyola Marymount University. Paula is the author of several books, including Chakras, The Magnificent Seven, Grief, When Will This Pain Ever End? And her latest book, Saying the Right Thing When You Don't Know What to Say. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Miss Paula Shaw. Welcome to the show, Woo. Paula. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My head just tripled in size. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, that's lovely. Well, Paula, you know, uh, I've been knowing you for almost six years now. And, yeah. Uh, I, I remember uh, with your first show that uh, you had me on as a guest um, um, about five years ago or four years ago, somewhere right around there. Mm-hmm. I think when I was doing a show with Don Meredith, we were doing transition radio back then. Absolutely. Transition mm-hmm. radio. First of all, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about you and your background? Sure. Well, my goodness, where do I begin? Actually, today, the most exciting and important things I'm doing, I'm a host of Change It Up Radio. 
I am getting to be your guest here today on your inaugural show. And I'm also, I'm a life transition coach. So I work with people who are doing, dealing with the upheaval of change. And I am an author, uh, as Michelle already pointed out, of three books, one of which we're kind of focusing on in the show today. And I'm also a speaker. So my, I think of myself really right now as being focused on helping people transition through change in a productive way, because we humans have a love-hate relationship with change. We need it so that we can life can stay interesting and we can grow and all those good things will happen. But we, we hate the discomfort of the unfamiliar. So change is a love-hate thing for we humans. And I think of myself as sort of the shepherd, the, the guide that takes someone through all of the upheaval of change. Wow. You know, that's, that's, that's a mouthful. Why did you become, why, why did you uh, decide to become a life transition coach and a grief specialist? You know, um, like what so many people choose in their own lives, I chose that because I went through some serious grief of my own. Within one month, uh, I lost both the family dog of 14 years and my former husband, and it was rough. My children were grown up, but young adults, you know, just out of college, and... um we went through a really, really hard time. And about two months after the loss of my, my former husband died first, within a month, our dog Sammy died. And about two months later, I was sitting in my office with a client who had just lost his dog. And I said to him something that is actually one of the kinds of things you want to say. We'll be talking more about this later. I said, I don't know what your pain feels like, but I know when I lost my dog, I was devastated, and I started explaining to him what I had felt. And he looked at me, and he said, are you on meds? And I started to laugh, and I said, no, no, I'm not. And he said, how did you do it? How did you get through this kind of pain in, a, in such a short time. And so I decided right then and there, JC, that I was going to put it in writing, that I was going to create a book that contained the readings, the tools, the methods, the processes that I used to try to get my own life back on track. And that book became Grief, When Will This Pain Ever End? Wow. You know, so it's... What are the challenges, Paula, of being a life transition coach and a grief specialist? Can you tell listening audience that? Sure. Um, it's Well, of course, it's challenging because you're working with people who are sad, upset, distraught, you know, thinking that life will never have meaning again, that life will never be the same. They're in many ways as miserable as they've ever been and as they can be. 
And, and it's difficult because you're wanting to be compassionate. You're wanting to be a cheerleader. You, you know that there will come a day when it feels better and you want to help them see that, but still be sensitive to where they are now. Wow. You know, I tell you, um, we are having fun here. We're learning a lot so far and we've got a lot more to come. So right now, what we're going to do is take a quick station break and we're going to come back and talk to Paula Shaw some more. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. (laughs) There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. FM 96.1 North County. And AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I, I tell you, we, we, we're getting a lesson here, and uh, it's a lesson that uh, well needed for all of us because um, we we sometimes, just like I mentioned in, in the beginning, that um, we don't always know what to say when we come across a situation or circumstances or we, where we're grieving. And, um, you know, we... we we got one of the best in the business here today that's, uh, just like I said, it's going to continue to help us out. Yes, Paula Shaw. Paula, I love your radio show, Change It Up Radio. It's all about change. Do you think going through change impacts the way a person communicates or needs to be communicated with? Absolutely, Michelle. That is a great question because when you're going through change, you're hurting. Remember, we were just talking in the last segment about the fact that change is not comfortable. We humans love the comfort of the familiar. And when we're going through change, we're raw, we're, we're um, scared often, we may be angry, 
you know, things are in upheaval. It is not a calm time. So when someone is going through that, yes, you very definitely have to communicate with them in specific ways that honor where they are and what they're feeling while you're also supporting them and you're trying to help and soothe. Oh, wow. Um, You know, sometimes it's hard to have those tough conversations. Why are we as humans such poor communicators when it comes to the very tough conversations? Yeah, another great question, Michelle. We are so good at chatting about the latest buzz on social media or what happened in the game yesterday. But when it comes to emotions, we get uncomfortable. And there's a few reasons for that. For one thing, many of us feel awkward. We don't feel skilled at the right things to say when someone else is hurting. And we know they're fragile and we don't want to break them. You know, we don't want to somehow make the situation worse. So we feel incompetent to sit down and actually like have a talk with them. One of the other things that's actually a real truth is when someone else's life is in the upheaval of being upside down because some unexpected loss just happened, it occurs to us that that could be us. Our life, no matter how smoothly it may be running, could go upside down in a New York minute. And that's a frightening possibility. And so what happens too often is we don't have the conversation. We don't show up at all. And that's the worst. Wow. Yeah. I, I know it's, it's, it's really tough on both sides. Mm-hmm. What are some of the parts of life that influence our communication, in your opinion? Well, there, this is a, a really great question and something people really need to understand. The One of the things that might make me uncomfortable in a tough emotional conversation could be the family values and the family norms I grew up with. Let's just take an example. Let's just say that I grew up in a family that was very stiff upper lip. We we did not uh, raise our voices. We did not communicate anger. We did not do any of that. We were not dramatic, shall we say. And let's say I'm trying to help JC, who's who's really upset because something awful happened to him. And he is crying. He is wailing. He is swearing. He is carrying on. If I have not experienced this in my own upbringing, I think he's doing it wrong. I think something is really amiss here. So how do I know the right thing to say to him? And that's so often what happens. We're up against other people's social norms, cultural norms, family norms, and they're not the same as ours. Wow. You know, Paula, what are some of the parts of life that influence our communication? Well, there's three major areas that influence how effective we can be at The tough communications, you know, most people are fairly good at the social ones, but not really everybody. But one of those things is present life experiences. So that would include the family norms we just discussed. That would include any traumas that you experienced along the way. That would include what your family, your 
church, your school taught you was okay and what's not okay. The second area that influences our communication would be limiting subconscious beliefs. That's beliefs going on in your subconscious mind that are saying things like, well, I'm not good enough to be able to help this person, or I'm not smart enough. I haven't had enough training. I, I, I don't know what to say, so I'll, I'll make it worse. Those are limiting subconscious beliefs that tend to evolve in childhood, but they will stop us. And then this one we've only learned about in the last few years, the genetic signatures of how our ancestors responded to life affect us. So that's huge because let's say you came from an angry ancestry or people like like the Irish maybe who when they were grieving, they'd have a pint and they'd make jokes or they'd even the wake, you know, was like a celebration rather than really showing anguish. All of that, if you come from that heritage, is also part of you. Wow. You know, so how do family values influence our communication? Well, kind of like I was saying before, you know, if you uh, were raised thinking it's okay to tell your truth, and I was raised thinking, no, no, you're just, you be polite to people. You speak with respect no matter what you're feeling or what they say. You're, you may be trying to have this really earthy, honest conversation with me, and I may be going, whoa, buddy, back off. That is not okay. And I might interpret that as wrong or inappropriate. It might even anger me. And that's what happens too often. You're coming from one place, I'm coming from another. And instead of a healing conversation, instead of a productive conversation, we have a conversation that's creating upset. And that's the opposite, of course, of what we want to do. When we feel awkward and do not know what to say, what do you, what should you, we usually do? Uh, unfortunately, what we usually do is we run. We don't make that call. You'll suddenly have a thousand things come up that you need to do instead of making that tough call. Or you won't go by your friend's house. You know, you, you'll have just a zillion legitimate, they seem to be legitimate things that you've got to do, but they will be in the way of you doing the hard thing that you really don't want to do. And as long as they're in the way of that hard thing, then what happens, the sad thing is the person who really needs that talk, the person that really needs the help is not going to get it because you didn't show up. And that's really sad. Yes. It, you know, it's really hard for people. And it's all about how they were raised. Maybe they were raised to... You know, when, when something happens, something emotional, some terminals going on, you know, maybe to respect and, ha- and have a distance between me, them and that other person. Mm-hmm. It's all about how a family or person was raised. Well, mm-hmm. what is it about emotional or difficult conversation that basically scares us? <laughs> That's so true. It really does. And, 
You know, Michelle, I don't know if there's a hard, fast answer to that. I think it affects each one of us differently, but it's it's mostly based on what we experienced around emotion as children and what we were taught around about emotion. If if you came from a family where when people were upset, they sat down and they calmly spoke to each other, then you're going to be more comfortable with emotion. But if you came from a family where mom was a drama queen or dad started yelling when he was upset, the minute the energies get high and heated, you're going to be triggered as that child who was traumatized. And so that conversation is no longer going to be comfortable for you. Well, I can definitely see that. Um, you know, it's interesting. i tell you what, you know, oh. we're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back with some more discussions with Paula Shaw. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, we're getting an education here at and I, I tell you what, we are going to accept some calls. If anyone, anyone want to call in, uh, you can call in at 888-344-1170. That's, again, 888-344-1170. Uh, call in. We will take some calls. Uh, but, Paula, do the things we experience in our lives affect what kind of communication we have? Totally. Totally. (laughs) If I don't say it in the mic, it doesn't count, does it? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that is such a, it's probably one of the biggest determinants of how we communicate and, and if we're comfortable communicating with difficult things and how we're received by other people. So yeah, what happens in your life is what creates you, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I got uh, my other co-contributor. Uh, I see that he has popped in now. How you doing, Chuck? Okay. Can't, can't hear you. Can't hear you. You know, so. <laughs> doing great. There doing he great. is. I, I'm sorry. I was unmuted. I'm doing good. Hey, I, I know that you had mentioned a couple of things. Uh, you had a couple of questions that you wanted to ask Paula. Well, um, 
Paula was, you know, she's talking about communications and the need to change depending upon who we are and uh, who we who we are talking to. Uh, um, can she take us, give us some examples of maybe some experiences that she's had where she's led people from a difficulty with talking, uh, their needs to change and how they work through that? You know, Chuck, that's such an important piece you just brought up. It doesn't just matter what you say in your communication. You have to be cognizant of who you're talking to. So there are many personality profile for uh, systems out there. You know, there's the Enneagram that tells us there are nine basic personality. DISC says there are four. And, and uh, there are others like that. But I think we can just, uh, my friend J.J. Sawyer, she uses uh, the analogy of birds. So if you think about the fact that some people are eagles and they are cut to the chase, results oriented, you know, just give me the facts. And then you have parrots who are more social and they like to tell you all the details and that kind of thing. You've got owls who are logical intellectual and and all very detail oriented and then you've got doves who are loving and nurturing and supporting well if i talk to a dove like she's an eagle and i say something like look you know all you got to do is get up every day say a little prayer take a walk and your grief is going to be much much better she's going to be appalled at the way i've spoken to her And transversely, if I talk to the eagle and I'm telling him all these details and I'm trying to be so loving and nurturing and supportive, he can't receive that communication. He wants clear instruction. Cut to the chase. Help me get where I want to go. I hear you. So all four of us, all four of us on this stuff, we all have different uh, personality styles, I guess, and various communicational styles, too. Huh? Exactly. And if I don't talk to especially when you're hurting, remember, because then you're raw and then right. you're you're overly sensitive. So if I don't talk to you in a way that works for your style, you are not going to hear me and it is not going to be helpful or healing. Does it take a while for for somebody who's on a listening side to kind of figure out what personality style that they're uh, listening to and being able to adapt? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I think it's important that we all we can't all be masters of these different personality profiling systems, but. Yes. I think if you take your cues from the way that person is speaking to you, you can pick up pretty quickly. Are they wanting the facts? Are they wanting short, concise sentences? Or do they want you to go on and on and say lovely, sweet, supportive, nurturing things? Or do they just want details and intellect rather than heart? You know, if you listen for those things, you can know pretty quickly what's appropriate in what you say to them. Now, Very good. You you mentioned um, the four styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, can can you repeat those again? Yes. The four that we looked at there were like the leader or the, the aggressor. We could call him synonymous with an eagle. We talked about the parrot who's social and wants to know all the details and the buzz, you know, and then you've got the owl. That's your scientist, your librarian, you know, your research person, details, facts, intellect. And then the dove is that person who's loving and nurturing and supportive and that kind of thing. 
Wow. So, <laughs> you're trying to figure out who you are, JC. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out who I am, and uh, but the, those are very interesting. And remember, examples. we all have combinations too, so we're not all just purely one thing. So we yeah, we yeah, you, yeah. you might be. A parrot, an eagle, and a dove. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't call that schizophrenic? <laughs> In some circles, they do. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting, Paula, um, when you're talking about, you know, emotional turmoil and uh-huh. grief? Mm-hmm. There are some people who want to be comforted. They want people just to hover over them. And that's okay because that's their personality. This is what, this is what is nurturing to them. Mm -hmm. But then you have others who, okay, you say what you need to say, but then they need their space. They, they don't want anybody. So it's not like they're being rude or they're being dismissive. Mm -hmm. This is how their personality is and this is how they deal with emotional turmoil. They want to be by themselves for a while while another person just needs that person there consistently. Two different types of personalities Mm -hmm. and, um, That's why I was interested about the four basic personality types you just mentioned. Well, and you know, if you think about it, people can be that way just in everyday relationships, can't they? Some people really need that together time all the time. And other Mm -hmm. people need the cave and they need the she, the she cave, you know, and they need their their space. And remember, we're going to grieve in many ways the way we live our lives. Oh, yeah. You know, c- can you tell us what are the five steps to successful communication? Yeah, I love talking about this because it's so important. Because let me tell you, if you go on my website, paulashaw.com, you're going to find there's a free gift there called 20 Things to Say and 20 Things Not to Say to People in Pain. You want to get that and keep it in your glove box, your briefcase, your purse, because most people go into a conversation not knowing the right way to handle it. So what I say is if you follow these five steps and you also look at what kinds of things are helpful to say and what kinds of things are not, you're going to have a successful conversation. So step one is start with the right intention. Let your intention be healing, helping, supporting You know, that's why you're in the conversation. Step two, be present. You got to keep your butt and your brain in the same place (laughs) or you're not going to be very helpful. So be present. This is no time to be thinking about tomorrow's grocery list or what you have to do when you get home. And then step three is have the mindset of being supportive And comforting without judgment. Because too many people go into these conversations teaching, preaching, judging. And what does that do to somebody? Makes them feel completely unsafe. Yes, Chuck, turns them off. And finally, step four, the most important of all, listen. Many of us are intimidated to have the difficult conversations because we don't think we know enough or we don't know the perfect wise thing to say. But nothing is more important in communicating than listening. And then finally, step five, when it's appropriate, 
and it's your time. Respond briefly. Keep it brief because it's not about you. You want it to be about them. And respond from the heart, not the head. Because when someone's hurting, they need your humanity, not your database. Wow. You know, that's very interesting, um, introspective, Paula. Um, If you're the person who is hurting and someone says one of the wrong things to you, Mm -hmm. should you point that out to them? (laughs) Well, Michelle, I would start by saying yes, but gently. Because remember, most people are doing the best they can and they want to help. But all they have in their arsenal is a lot of dysfunctional things that people have always said to them. So they'll say things to you on my list of things not to say, like, you got to be strong. You got to just keep busy. Thank God you have other children. You know, like somehow that's going to ease the pain of what's lost. But when somebody says something like that, that is agony or inappropriate, then be kind, but say, thank you. I know you mean well. It would probably be best for me right now not to talk at all or to say, I think right now I just need to feel, excuse me, feel what I'm feeling and then I'll be better able to get through it. You know what I mean? You got to call them out or they keep going, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to call them out, call them out. You want to be gentle and kind because they do mean well. And remember, they're probably terribly uncomfortable. <laughs> wow. So uh, if you do feel uncomfortable knowing the right thing to say, should you just avoid the conversation altogether <laughs> rather than to uh, potentially cause more pain? Mm. That's a great question. I love that question. And I'm going to say, no, 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 don't avoid the conversation. This person does need you. But what? What's a great way to begin when you don't know what to say is just to tell the truth. I don't know what to say. I'm really uncomfortable, but I want to be there for you. I want to help you. I care about you. I just wish I, I had a better idea of what to do. But would it be helpful if I just gave you a hug? Do you feel like talking about it? See, those kinds of things let the person know they're not alone. There's this human with them in their pain. But if, if you avoid the conversation, they're just sitting there left in their own pain, left to their own ideas about why you're not there or why no one's there. And usually that doesn't help anyone to heal or feel better. Wow. Yes. Uh, that was a very good answer because uh, I, I know that uh, I just like recently, Michelle just had a, uh, uh, one of her friends that have deaf in the family and just uh, communicating with that person is uh, it was very painful. Yes. Um, she felt a whole, whole bunch of different emotions, mm-hmm. shock, anger, yes, grief, sadness, just a whole bunch. And mm-hmm. you're right. Listen, your intent when you're comforting the person, just listen. Don't tell them how they should or should not feel. That's what I, I took from um, what you just said and what I did as well. Well, you know what? What, what we're going to have to do is take another station break, but I want to come back and continue this discussion with Paula Shaw. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on smart speakers and radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And while I tell you, anybody want to call in and ask a Paulie show or myself or Michelle any questions, the number is... 888-344-1170. You know, uh, proud of us taking a break, Michelle, you was uh, explaining something about your friend, and I, I think we kind of rush you, rush you through that, and uh, I want the listening audience to know a little bit more about that, uh, so can you add on to that? Yes. Um, friend of mine, her sibling passed away recently, and... Um, the sibling, she didn't take care of herself health-wise. She didn't take medication. And so my friend, he was experiencing so many emotions, mostly, well, a combination, anger, because she felt her sibling did not, gave up on life and didn't take the proper medications to make herself feel better. And also guilt, because her sibling lived close by her, but my friend has her own immediate family, and she felt if she kept coming there every so often, a little bit more often, maybe she would have talked some sense into her. So there's just a, a rain of emotions that she's been feeling, anger, guilt, sadness, and shock. So, Paula, can you kind of describe or talk about those types of emotions when someone gets sick? Sure. You know, this is what I really end up dealing with so often in my private practice. Because let's face it, guys, loss can't be controlled, right? Change can't be controlled. It's coming whether we like it or not. And so often how we respond to it, we don't end up feeling good about in the long run. Or we are human beings. And when another human being that we love causes us emotional pain because they didn't take care of themselves. 
and they they ended up dying. I mean, I know people who are have been very angry at a mother who died or someone else because they tried to do it the natural way and didn't do the chemo or the drugs or whatever. That can be a real problem. And guilt, I got to tell you, guilt comes up so often. We either feel guilty because we didn't do enough. We feel guilty because we, no matter what we did, it didn't change the outcome. Very difficult to deal with those feelings. And I would say, if you're in the midst of something like that yourself, that's when you want to seek some help. That's the kind of people I help in my private practice. But if you've got a wise friend or a family member that you can express that truth to, the worst thing is trying to push it down. Pretend you're not angry or you're not feeling guilty. Express it to some safe person, and that will help. Uh, Okay, Chuck, I thought you had a question. Well, you know, I was, um, you know, Paula was talking about addressing and helping people. Um, When it comes to talking to someone who is hurting, what's your advice to people out there listening? Uh, What are some of the the common things that you want to be able to do to help person move from pain, suffering, grief into some transition point? Really great question, Chuck. Okay, the first thing you want to do is you want to be coming from your heart. Don't go into this conversation with the this agenda, like, you know, you need to open their eyes to the fact that life will go on or that you need to help them see that they're they're too emotional or that they need to be strong for the others in their family. It's best to just go into the conversation with the goal of being comforting and supportive. And the more you get the other person talking and the less you talk, the better it's going to be. Because when people talk, they're processing. They're moving to a place where they can find their own answers and their own wisdom. But if you're trying to give them the answers and give them your wisdom, then you're making it about you and not about them. That's excellent. Thank you. Mm. Good question. Paula, it's it's one thing that uh, you talked about earlier, uh, but we did not go into specific do's and don'ts (laughs) (laughs) of communications. Can can you explain that a little bit more? Yes, that's a perfect tie into what we were just talking about. So if you're coming from your heart and you're asking them questions, you know, try not to ask yes or no questions. You want them to talk. You want them to process. So you might ask things. These are the kinds of things that actually can be helpful. So first of all, it's your energy, where you're coming from. So come from being loving and supportive. Then say things like, what happened? How are you doing with that? Oh, that I can't even imagine how painful this must be. How are you handling it? Uh, I don't even know what to say, but I'm here for you. You know, what can I do? What do you need? You see, there's there's a, a spirit of wanting to be there for someone, and they will pick up on that. What is not helpful is to go in there with your intellect and say things like, well, it was just God's will. 
Well, nobody wants to hear that if mom just died, you know, or a child just died. You know, yeah. saying things like, you, you got to be brave or you got to be strong for the rest of the family. Don't cry. Tears won't change anything. Oh, my God. If I had a dollar for every time somebody's told me somebody has said that to them, I wouldn't have to be in practice anymore. Um, oh, and here's the worst. This is on the top 10 of terrible things to say. I know exactly how you feel. Well, the first response any hurting person is going to have to that is, no, you don't. You have no idea how I feel or what kind of pain I'm in. So rather than say that, you might say something like, I don't know what you're feeling, but I know you must be hurting and I just want to help in any way I can. Wow. You know, uh, we are coming down toward the end, but but uh, I want uh, to put a plug in for your, your, your books. Uh, oh, you got you. more than this, but uh, uh, this one is called Grief When Will This Pain Ever End? Paula Shaw. Go out and buy this. This is a bestseller. And also uh, saying the right things when you don't know what to say. You know, uh, Paula, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to come on the show. And I would like to invite you back periodically, if you have time, uh, to continue to talk about these important topics. I mean, I, I believe that the listening audience uh, got a lot out of this. I know I did. You know, so I want to personally thank you. Also, I want to thank uh, my guest co-host and my guest contributor, Michelle, Michelle Cooley and Chuck Trinoni. Mm-hmm. I want to thank the listening audience out there because you are fantastic. You're great. And I hope that you will continue to join us Monday through Friday, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. on The Answer. Uh, always uh, keep in mind that we are looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to our listening audience. So I tell you, uh, until tomorrow, it's your life. I'm James Cooley and looking forward to hearing you. We will have the, the Ray Leonard Jr., the, the son of the Hall of Fame, probably the best boxer that ever lived. We will have him on, on the show tomorrow. So tune in. Dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.